Good evening and welcome to um, East Gap's um, series. And uh, so this evening we have a very special speaker, um, Dr. Vladimir Cannon, who is uh, an associate professor of political and Middle Eastern studies at Area University of Samaria and um, Bar Ilan University in Israel. Dr. Kanen is the author of Documents on Ukrainian Jewish Identity and Emigration from 1944 to 1990. And this evening, he will be speaking to us about Jews in post-communist Russia. Should be a very stimulating, academically-centered talk. So Dr. Kanen, I'd like to wish you a warm welcome on behalf of ISGAP. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate an opportunity to speak to you to this, the, this night and uh, I will try to share with you some ideas and some information concerning the status of the present day uh, Russian-speaking or Russian-Jewish community uh, in the post-Soviet space. Uh, and uh, prob in fact, uh, the, probably uh, the first presentation of uh, research which was completed uh, literally a few days ago. I mean, that is why some of their uh, information, some of the facts uh, most of them are presented in English, and some of them I even didn't have time to translate from Russian. So I'll try to do it. Uh, I'll try to do it uh, uh, on the page or from the page, uh, as we say. Um, in any event, uh, I'm going to say a few words uh, about what the situation now concerning the government policy vis-a-vis uh, -vis their still quite substantial Jewish community in uh, two major post-Soviet republics. First of all, Russia, Russian Federation, and uh, uh, also Ukraine. Uh, these two countries, as you know, not in the best relations in their history. Uh, but uh, uh, the Jew uh, uh, naturally, it's in this or that way impact uh, local Jewish communities. Uh, however, uh, we need to talk also about the future, what will be there. So whether uh, the major question, which I'm I will try to answer, uh, whether uh, the government policy, which is not anti-Semitic, in some way it's uh, pro-Semitic, if I may say this word, concerning the Jewish community, uh, in what way it's consistent, and whether uh, after the abolishing of the state or government anti-Semitism, uh, uh, anti-Semitism societal or day-to-day, everyday anti-Semitism also disappeared, uh, their uh, Russian authorities insist, or whether inside uh, a Russian public or politi uh, political culture there is something which might bring uh, the problem again. Uh, of course, as you know, we are not talking about uh, absolutely theoretical issue, as it might one m may conclude uh, concerning the situation in Poland, or Austria, or some other countries where we see so-called anti-Semitism without Jews. You know, uh, if we will take studies uh, about the situation in Poland, we see that uh, in spite of the fact that there are. Uh, something like 2,000 Jews left in this country, still a substantial part uh, of Polish society uh, reflect anti-Semitic sentiments. The same story in uh, Austria, for instance, where they have something like 10,000 Jews, but uh, according to uh, recent estimations of the Ukrainian, uh, excuse me, European uh, um, experts, uh, between 60 to 70 percent of the local society express this or that way anti-Semitic sentiments. Uh, Russia is a different story, uh, as well as the whole post-Soviet states uh, space. Uh, according to uh, our data, uh, there are still something like 350,000 Jews, um, uh, according to Allahai, according to uh, religious uh, Jewish uh, uh, traditional law, meaning that uh, the Russian Jewish community, according to Israeli law return, that means uh, people who meet the regulations of Israeli law return, meaning Jews and their family members in the second and third generation, and as well as the sources of all these three categories, and in some case sometimes even the fourth generation means grand-grandchildren uh, uh, grand -grand of Jews. That means the categorization which your uh, local Jewish community work with, meaning they invite these people for, to the system of Jewish education, to activities, uh, holidays, and so on and so forth. Though that is why uh, we could talk about the extended Jewish population. So the extended Jewish population of the post-Soviet space is about three-quarter million people still. Um, uh, about half million of them live in Russia, and uh, something like 200,000 or 250,000 live in Ukraine, 
uh, that's a minimalistic approach. Um, Excuse me? No, that's fine, fine. That, that's fine. During Q&A, we'll have, have the opportunity to ask you at the end. Yeah, absolutely. But if you want to interfere in the middle, uh, I don't mind. Please do. Uh, 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 so uh, this is the minimalistic approach, as I said. Uh, in fact, um, um, uh, some experts and community activists, uh, they, suggest another, they suggest other figures. So if we will f uh, take Chabad rabbis, they believe that uh, just in Moscow there are about a million Jews, but uh, that's probably a heavily overestimated number. Uh, the, the truth is somewhere in between. So we can take that between uh, 700 to 1 million people, uh, which this or that way uh, related to the Jewish roots and Jewish community, or believe that they have some Jewish roots, and uh, in certain cases they're participating both in the Jewish activities, uh, including Aliyah to Israel or immigration, uh, according to the uh, based, based on the Jewish ticket. Uh, so uh, this is quite a substantial number, making uh, post-Soviet space, including Russia, probably uh, the second or maybe the first uh, largest Jewish community in, in the old world, besides Israel, or maybe uh, the third, the fourth, or the fifth largest Jewish community in the world. So that means that uh, uh, the question we are trying to pose uh, is not just a theoretical. It has very, uh, quite a lot of practical implications. Um, uh, if we will have a look uh, on the uh, contemporary Russian policy in the moment, uh, what the official ideology in the Russian Federation is based on, we will see that it in fact is the combination of three narratives uh, or three political traditions. Uh, the Tsarist, meaning that before 1917, before the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, the second is the Soviet narrative or Soviet political culture. And the third, which is called Western liberal narrative and Western liberal political culture, which was adopted by Russia after the um, destruction of the communist regime uh, and dispersion of the Soviet Union. So in fact, uh, the contemporary Soviet regime is the combination of all three. Uh, as you know, uh, we, we could guess altogether in any case that uh, uh, the anti-Semitic tradition could be part of each of that. You know, Each narrative has its own anti-Semitic narrative and its own anti-Semitic tradition. Uh, in the Tsarist Russia, as you know, uh, the Pale of Settlement, uh, the official government anti-Semitism based on uh, uh, religious approach, uh, uh, discrimination of Jews, or, um, according, as I said, vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, their religious background. The Soviet anti-Semitic uh, tradition is actually was based on much more uh, ethnic anti-Semitism and government policy, uh, searching of internal enemy, which we saw uh, uh, much more in the end of the uh, uh, Stalinist era, and again uh, in the course of the Brezhnev regime, and uh, especially uh, we could see it at the end of the Soviet uh, period uh, in general. Uh, and uh, the, the major point was uh, so-called uh, the government or official anti-Semitism of the Soviet times, uh, meaning discrimination uh, uh, of Jews in terms of uh, getting their, uh, in terms of the job opportunities, education, uh, career advancement, uh, uh, and so on, uh, uh, distribution of social goods, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, that did not prevent them from uh, uh, being quite successful, uh, and becoming, uh, uh, at least most of them, uh, became part of the local Soviet middle class, of course, in the Soviet terms. But still, uh, the official government policy was anti-Semitic. Uh, many believe that, uh, uh, in fact, the societal or public day-to-day anti-Semitism was the result of this government policy. And, uh, and government politics. Still, uh, or quite a number of studies show uh, that uh, uh, the societal uh, public anti-Semitism uh, actually uh, developed uh, regardless or not necessarily dependently to the government policy. Uh, the Second World War, as we know, uh, made a great impact on their uh, local uh, non-Jewish population. Uh, the German policy, the fascist regimes on the occupied territories the fascist propaganda uh, and uh, uh, also in addition to uh, 
uh, to that, um, the, the, the official government policy of the last Stalinist regime, um, which used the anti-Semitic sentiments in order to mobilize uh, the support of the, uh, of the population uh, to the government, uh, to the regime, uh, in, in favor of the regime against uh, an additional internal enemy, actually uh, uh, was also a substantial part uh, of the development of uh, uh, anti-Semitic sentim sentiments within their uh, Soviet uh, public, uh, uh, Slavic population and non-Slavic population uh, in the Soviet Union. And uh, the third stream, meaning Western liberal narrative, on, from the one hand, it's actually uh, mm, has, should have nothing to do with anti-Semitism. Uh, officially, the, uh, the state anti-Semitism was abolished uh, in 1990. Uh, when I uh, looked for materials for my book on uh, uh, anti-Semitism, uh, excuse me, uh, um, on the Russian Jewish, uh, Jewish identity and, and immigration, together with my friend uh, Dr. Boris Morozov, who worked in the Russian archives, and I worked in the Ukrainian archives, uh, including archives of the former uh, KGB and uh, the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Ukraine, uh, we found quite a lot of stuff which showed that it was a special uh, Politburo, that means the their political center of the Communist Party, of the Russian regime decision to abolish the official anti-Semitism, which happened uh, uh, exactly 26 years ago, in March, uh, in March 1990, uh, which means that it was an official decision to stop uh, anti-Semitic propaganda, to stop discrimination, and so on and so forth. And after that, uh, uh, it was believed that uh, without uh, uh, the, state, uh, the state support, uh, the social anti-Semitism is going to disappear as well. Uh, that never happened. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, the Western liberal uh, model uh, of political uh, and social and cultural thinking also included some anti-Semitic uh, sentiments, both imported from the West. Uh, the West also has its own model uh, or version of anti-Semitism, as you know, uh, but not as much. Uh, uh, but th that's actually the influence of this element uh, was not so strong. But uh, uh, now we see uh, new um, elements uh, uh, which could be related to the uh, Western liberal narrative uh, in the Russian political culture, contemporary political culture. So without uh, uh, not having the government anti-Semitism, we, ha we have uh, new forms of contemporary anti-Semitism, uh, meaning political anti-Semitism, using the Jewish topic for political needs and interests, uh, including the conflicts between uh, various political groups, uh, both in, uh, within the country and between the countries. For instance, anti-Semitic Hard, uh, is quite uh, successfully played uh, in contemporary Russian-Ukrainian conflict uh, concerning the crisis in eastern Ukraine. Um, uh, well, uh, then we could uh, uh, we realize uh, quite a, a widespread so-called media anti-Semitism, use of, uh, of various media assets, uh, especially um, so-called the, the new media, uh, <coughs> internet, Facebook and so on and so forth uh, for uh, development of the uh, or spreading of anti-Semitic ideas. Um, now we are talking about uh, uh, various forms of uh, uh, new forms of societal anti-Semitism and religious anti-Semitism, which is not so, uh, which is quite new. Uh, it was not so developed in the Soviet times since religion as something was uh, not, not a part of the official uh, establishment. The church, uh, Muslim communities, uh, they were actually accepted by the government, but were not a part of the establishment, so now, as, as they are nowadays. So at the moment, uh, their narrative or their approach to various, uh, various issues uh, is a part of the official uh, or semi-official approach. Uh, so uh, some of them, uh, they're not so active in the anti-Semitic sphere, according to this background, however, um, uh, we could notice uh, some of the Muslim communities and also Christian communities may use uh, uh, the anti-Semitic sentiments in order to strengthen their power, their ideological influence, uh, and their interests, including uh, social and economic interests. Uh, well, uh, if you will... Uh, uh, saying all that, I would say... Uh, uh, that in, uh, or in spite of all that, uh, uh, the post-Soviet space is still uh, much less uh, 
anti-Semitic than, than, than contemporary Europe, for instance. Uh, I would say that Jews still feel uh, relatively secure there as the Jews. I'm not talking about the economic status, I'm not talking about political status, I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, being Jewish, you know. Uh, it is not, uh, uh, not only a shame to be Jewish in contemporary Russia, but pretty secure to be Jewish, you know. Uh, as far as it's, uh, uh, if not to take into account the question whether it's secure to be a normal citizen in Russia at the moment. Not, not, not about this, uh, this I'm talking, but uh, uh, concerning the situation in contemporary France, for instance, or even Britain, or even Germany. Uh, uh, situation in Russia and Ukraine is much more secure for Jews than it used to be before, and then in uh, many of uh, uh, West European countries. We will take anti-Semitic events in Russia, so we have uh, uh, all in all like 30 sentiments in the last year, uh, 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 30 events, anti-Semitic events of all types uh, uh, in Russia. Of course, registered events. Many of them were not, probably no, not registered, but still uh, we can talk uh, both uh, uh, all the spectrum. Uh, of uh, 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 anti-Semitic events, meaning from day-to-day uh, -day conflict uh, uh, and up to attacks vis-a-vis -vis anti-Semitic or xenophobic background. Uh, you see that uh, um, uh, the number of victims in these anti-Semitic uh, sentiments, that they beat people or attacked people, attacked uh, um, vocally, physically, uh, is uh, constantly decreasing from 99 uh, in 2013 to 77 uh, in 2014 and uh, 31 in 2015. Uh, so it's not so terrible situation as we can see in, uh, at the moment, for instance, in Belgium, in France, or some other states, uh, uh, some other European states. If we will have the acts of anti-Semitic vandalism, uh, vandalism in the Jewish cemeteries, uh, synagogues, community centers, Jewish schools, kindergartens, uh, uh, monuments, uh, 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 commemorating the victims of the Holocaust and so on and so forth. That means all the acts uh, of hooliganism or uh, attacks that may be defined uh, that they were done according to anti-Semitic background. So we can say that in Russia uh, it uh, is between 10 to 12, not so much. In Ukraine, we have more accurate data because uh, in Ukraine we have uh, uh, group of groups of people that register very carefully and very you know, uh, um, quite uh, accurately, uh, all, all the events that could be regarded anti-Semitic. Uh, so as you can see, uh, it's, uh, uh, the, 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 the peak uh, was in 2007, then it constantly decreased until two recent years when uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine started, or uh, a war of Ukraine with their East Ukrainian separatists, uh, it's upon you to find the political, politically correct work for that. Uh, so, uh, mm, uh, due to their uh, growth of their xenophobia in general and the uh, growth of uh, how, we, how we would define it, um, uh, always in the stand of war, uh, people permit themselves to do what they would never probably do uh, in, the, uh, in the peaceful situation. So some of these acts could be also regarded as an anti-Semitic acts. Uh, we don't know exactly whether the vandalism in the Jewish cemetery happened due to the fact that it was specifically Jewish cemetery or due to the fact that people look, were looking for uh, the place to uh, express their understanding of current situation. But still, if we will take into account all in all, we will see that it uh, probably is grew a little bit. But uh, uh, oh, one may say that it grew substantially, uh, uh, four or five folds. But still, uh, the whole number uh, is not so is not so dramatic. Um, here is the actually there. Um, uh, you, you can see the graph uh, concerning the number of uh, in red. You see the number of uh, registered uh, acts of anti-Semitic vandalism. And uh, uh, in white, you can see the number of those who are uh, number of victims uh, in anti-Semitic incidents. So you can see that due, in spite of uh, the growing number of uh, vandalism uh, in the two recent years, the number of those who actually were damaged uh, uh, con uh, continues to decrease. So that's also another graph showing their 
uh, number of uh, anti-Semitic events uh, in 2000, between 2004 and 2014. There is a certain growth uh, in, in the recent years, but still it is not, uh, we should not out-dramatize it. Uh, meaning that officially, from the official point of view, um, uh, from the official point of view, uh, uh, I mean, uh, openly, I would say, uh, uh, the situation is not so bad. Uh, but our question is whether it could be worse. Uh, and our question is uh, to, to, to understand, to realize, uh, and to try to explore uh, what uh, are the um, uh, objectives, um, uh, why it, uh, despite of the quite difficult political, social, and economic situation there, uh, why it doesn't happen, why anti-Semitism uh, anti and xenophobia uh, is not growing, uh, are not growing. On the other the hand, uh, whether uh, uh, we could, uh, or the possibility that it will come back. Uh, so I would say there are a few reasons that uh, uh, why uh, the anti-Semitism, anti uh, classical anti-Semitism, uh, is re relatively lower, uh, low in these countries. Uh, the first reason I would say that uh, in many FSU states, as I said, Jewish communities uh, decrease dramatically, so there is no interface, you know, or interface decreased, uh, meaning day-to-day uh, -day, uh, interconnections uh, between Jews and non-Jews uh, actually is not so substantial as it was in Soviet times, and so uh, uh, Jews actually, uh, uh, quite many of them, those who had strong Jewish identity and uh, so-called uh, models of behavior that were identified or attributed to Jews. They already left in the recent 25, 30 years. So those who, who stayed there, um, they much more integrated into the local society in, in all terms. Local uh, Jews actually, as you know, always were a part, quite integrated part of the local society. But in fact, uh, uh, we can even uh, use the word assimilated here. Um, uh, so uh, many of them behave as Russians, speak as Russians, eat as Russians, go as Russians, do what mo most of the other groups of the population do. So uh, uh, you should be very careful in order to identify Jew and have, uh, should have have a very specific, specific or uh, uh, strong need to, to, to make a damage or to express your anti-Semitic feeling in order to found this Jew. So probably one of the reasons that actually with the decrease of the Jewish community, the anti-Semitic sentiments decreasing in the society. Uh, the second reason is that uh, um, uh, um, uh, Jews at the moment are replaced in the public opinion, in the public discourse as the major enemy with the other groups. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, these groups are uh, other objects for the xenophobia, uh, most, uh, mostly Caucasians, that means uh, uh, um, uh, Chechnyans, uh, Dagestanians, this group of the North Caucasian Muslim population, uh, which uh, uh, by many Slavs in Russia are regarded to be the major enemy uh, or major uh, mm, uh, uh, challenge. Uh, for the Russian identity, for the Russian stability, uh, for the status of the Slavic population, of titular nations, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, we may say that probably two uh, Russian-Chechnya wars, uh, one started by, pres in the pre by President Yeltsin and the second by President Putin, the incumbent president, actually increased these feelings against uh, Chechnyans. Uh, and of course, there are substantial Chechnyan communities uh, Caucasian communities, much more visible in, in big uh, Russian population centers like Moscow, St. Petersburg, uh, Ekaterinburg, uh, or in Ukraine, but especially in Russia, uh, 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 and I I in comparing to almost invisible uh, uh, Russian-speaking Jewish communities, uh, could, be, uh, could attract much more attention and could be uh, much more, uh, um, I would say, uh, convenient immediate uh, uh, address uh, for expressing the xenophobia feelings than the Jews. Uh, uh, the second group are actually Muslim migrants from the Central Asia, uh, from uh, Uzbekistan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, and especially Tajikistan. Um, those who are, uh, or, or Azerbaijan, uh, those who are in massive leave uh, their um, home countries after the destruction of the Soviet Union, 
uh, and uh, directing their ways to uh, uh, their steps to Russia in order to get uh, much uh, better uh, paid jobs than the or uh, living conditions that they could uh, afford in uh, in uh, their home countries. Uh, for instance, uh, majority of uh, uh, overwhelming number of the so-called um, uh, handwork. Uh, blue-collar work in, in Moscow, in construction, in services, uh, in cleaning, sweeping, uh, car washing. Oh, you understand what I mean. Uh, actually, uh, all the job places are captured by the migrants, uh, gastarbeiters uh, from the Soviet republics of the former Soviet Union, which are actually uh, uh, a good way to attract uh, attention of those who uh, still believe that Russia is for Russians, whatever it means. Uh, Slavic population or um, indigenous citizens and so on and so forth. So Jews, uh, Jews became uh, uh, much less attractive uh, as an address for this xenophobia. That's probably another reason. To that, uh, uh, one can add also current political situation. Uh, so, which uh, for Russian society could be much more actual, much more important uh, than looking for internal enemy. Uh, at the moment, there, uh, there, there is uh, quite a number, there quite, uh, quite a list of uh, so-called external enemies. Uh, in Russia, that's the West. You know, the West in the whatever it means, United States, Europe, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Russia at the moment is uh, trying to return uh, the status of superpower in the under the presidency of uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, so uh, it's going to be uh, or uh, return the status of her uh, second superpower, uh, or at least regional superpowers. So, and uh, uh, official propaganda and the public discourse, uh, public opinion uh, is pretty anti-Western. Uh, especially anti-American, as you probably know. So, uh, um, uh, mass propaganda, TV, pro uh, TV propaganda, radio, uh, other media assets are uh, quite anti-American. So, in this situation, uh, when the Russian motherland is in danger uh, and there is an external enemy, there is no need, as I said, to look for internal enemy. Uh, and uh, that is why uh, Jews became much less important, especially uh, uh, concerning the fact that many of them are a part of so-called official establishment. Uh, uh, we, we should take into account that uh, uh, official uh, government policy, uh, if it's not pro-Semitic, it's not anti-Semitic. Vladimir Putin is not anti-Semite anti anti in, in, in no way, you know, in any way. So, uh, uh, and uh, public opinion see uh, quite a number of so-called representative, uh, representable Jews or court Jews uh, in his inner circle. Uh, so, uh, from this point of view, uh, um, a, uh, Jews should, uh, uh, the, the government is not interested uh, to take Jews as their possible enemies, so that the enough enemies are, are, are outside the country. Uh, it's interest, uh, inter interestingly enough uh, that uh, the fact that, for instance, the inner circle of President Obama uh, includes not a few Jews, you know, is not a reason to, uh, you know, to uh, 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 provide uh, more anti-Semitic feelings within their own, uh, inject anti-Semitic feelings within the Russian community. Uh, so government, at least government, doesn't need it in this stage. Uh, as far as Ukraine uh, is concerned, we may say that they have their own uh, external enemy, which is Russia, you know, imperial Russia. Ukrainians believe that uh, the current situation in eastern Ukraine is inspired by their Russian imperialism or renewed Russian imperialism. So uh, 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 I would say that uh, um, uh, so the solidarity of the society needs everybody uh, in this war against uh, um, uh, imperialist uh, um, aspirations and interests uh, of Moscow. Uh, so they need everybody, all the nations and all the ethnic groups and religious groups within the Ukraine, including Jews. So uh, uh, Ukrainians do not see uh, Jews in the enemy. On the contrary, uh, I would say to be Jewish, and especially to be in Israeli in Ukraine, that's my own experience as a brand, you know. Uh, so uh, 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 many Ukrainians want to be like Israelis in all the meaning of this word. It means uh, 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 to study how to learn with the problem, uh, if they are unable to handle the problem, uh, and uh, to be like a strong, developed, 
successful country uh, and to learn from Jews how they uh, how to be a startup nation. So uh, in all meanings of this word. So uh, and uh, if we will take for instance uh, southern Caucasus countries like Armenia and Azerbaijan, so they, uh, they see each other as an enemies. So in this situation, they don't need Jews. Um, uh, the third reason I would say why. Uh, uh, we don't see the official anti-Semitism at the moment, uh, is actually uh, that uh, in spite of the intellectual influence from the West, from Europe, uh, Russia is, is not ill with their uh, left-wing uh, intellectual anti-Semitism uh, uh, of the European countries. Uh, you can see this guy, Vladislav Surkov. Uh, he's an official ideologist of Mr. Putin. Yeah. Um, uh, quite an educated I would say a brilliant intellectual, a poet, uh, and uh, uh, he is the person who developed uh, uh, the so-called uh, the concept of a sovereign democracy, that an official ideology of the Russian government at the moment. So uh, uh, I would say that he is a typical representative of contemporary Russian intellectuals, or like Russians say, intelligentsia. You know what I mean here. There's a specific Russian word um, uh, defining uh, not just intellectuals, but uh, a group of uh, a part of the population uh, or a group of the population which, is resp which are responsible uh, for uh, uh, development of the public agenda uh, in the different aspects in the culture, economy, politics, and so on and so forth. So uh, 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 contrary to, uh, I would say, uh, European intellectuals, which are, uh, I mean, the, the left wing or radical left, which are pretty anti-Semitic. Uh, Russian intelligence is not anti-Semitic. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, uh, well, uh, some of the, uh, I spoke to Mr., uh, to, to people who, uh, um, who are related to the team of uh, Mr. Surkov, and they said, uh, we are very much in favor of the European values, but uh, left-wing European anti-Semitism would be probably the last European val value that we will adopt uh, in the future. So at the moment, it is not, uh, uh, at the moment it is not so important. Uh, uh, another reason I would say that um, uh, uh, the question with their uh, uh, FSU Muslim minority. Uh, you might know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, in fact, uh, 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 gentlemen and you lady, uh, that in fact uh, uh, um, um, Russia uh, enjoys uh, the biggest Muslim minority, the biggest Muslim population in Europe. So about 40 million uh, or 35 million or 36 million, according to different estimations uh, of uh, Russia, uh, uh, Russia citizens are actually uh, ethnic Muslims. Uh, you understand what I mean. Uh, that means the uh, majority of them probably uh, do not follow or uh, strictly follow uh, the Muslim commandments, but uh, they came uh, uh, from the Muslim cultural background. Uh, so um, uh, for the majority of the FSU Muslims, as you can see here, uh, uh, which identity, as I said, is much more ethnic uh, rather than religious, uh, anti-Semitism uh, uh, is not so important, is less important uh, than one could expect, uh, especially in comparison to what we see in the Central and Western Europe. And uh, many of these groups uh, uh, did not adopt uh, uh, the uh, anti-Zionist, anti-Israeli feelings uh, as it is uh, uh, quite uh, visible uh, within the Muslim communities in Europe and of course in the Middle East. Uh, also the situation is changing. Uh, uh, as I mentioned here, uh, last year was the first time when uh, uh, one of the Muslim clerics uh, was convicted uh, for anti-Semitic uh, anti propaganda. Uh, we never had it uh, in 1990s. Uh, we, did, we almost didn't see it in early 2000, you know, the beginning of this century, but we more and more see it now. Um, the government uh, is not, uh, was not going to pay attention to that until uh, it crossed the, the red line. So the fact that uh, a Muslim cleric was uh, you know, convicted for that means that there is a phenomenon. It's not so strong phenomenon as we can see in, uh, you know, uh, uh, within the Muslim communities in uh, Paris, uh, uh, in, uh, in, in Germany, in London. Uh, in Denmark, Sweden. But? Denmark, Sweden. 
Excuse me? Denmark, Sweden. Denmark, Sweden, and so on. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but still, uh, um, places like uh, uh, Tatarstan, uh, in some areas of uh, uh, you know, uh, Muslim republics or uh, uh, autonomous areas uh, on the, uh, in the Volga region and so on and forth, so we see it more and more. Of course, it's more important, uh, imported anti-Semitism, if you understand what I mean. Uh, people learn in Saudi Arabia, in Qatar, in Turkey, and they bring these ideas with them. Uh, the government see it as a challenge. First of all, to our uh, as the challenge to the, to the stability, as, I can see, uh, as we can see here. Uh, uh, you, you recognize this matcher, I understand. Uh, this is President Vladimir Putin, uh, and it's not by chance. Uh, these pictures are here. In fact, uh, uh, one of the elements of this contemporary Russian uh, uh, narrative is the Soviet narrative. One of the elements of the Soviet narrative is uh, uh, that uh, um, non-authorized violence uh, is not accepted. Uh, you know, uh, it's the government decision whether the society should love Jews or hate Jews, but that's the government decision, okay? If you understand what I mean. Uh, so uh, any attempts uh, to show uh, something which is not authorized by the government is accepted as the challenge of the government and the challenge of the local uh, internal stability. So uh, one of the reasons why it never happened until now is the fact that the government is not anti-Semitic. Um, uh, does it mean that the government is philo-Semitic? Uh, many people believe yes, okay. Uh, well, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon, by the way, sociologically interesting phenomenon. Uh, uh, many people in Russia expect government to be anti-Semitic. So, and when they un understand that the government is not, they ask questions why. Why the government is not anti-Semitic? So that means uh, uh, then they have uh, different explanations why. Either uh, it is uh, now it's in, a, in suppressed in a latent form and it's waiting for the time. Whether it's just because uh, that is sort of a government manipulation. Now it's more convenient or more fruitful not to be anti-Semite. Uh, they are trying to explain it uh, due to some personal estimates, uh, sentiments that, uh, of Mr. Putin and, and members of this government, and so on and so forth. So, uh, in any event, uh, 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 so if you will, you will have a look, we will have a look on uh, uh, recent opinion polls of the uh, Levada Center, for instance. Uh, that's one of the most respectable uh, public opinion research centers in Russia. Uh, so quite many of those who participated in their studies Actually, they say, uh, they, yes, they do believe that uh, uh, non-anti-Semitism means, uh, means uh, pro-Semitism, you know. Uh, uh, lack of their uh, anti-Jewish sentiments in the government position and activities means uh, that they're in favor of Jews. Uh, that's probably the part of the local political culture, and we are unable to do anything about it at the moment. Uh, still... Uh, after saying all this, to, con uh, um, to, uh, to conclude this portion here, uh, uh, saying all this, uh, we are unable to say that uh, uh, Russia, uh, as well as the post-Soviet space, space in general, like we say in Hebrew, natul uh, antishemiot, you know, is lacking anti-Semitism in general. Uh, that means that still uh, you have, uh, we have uh, uh, quite a number of anti uh, manifestation uh, uh, of anti-Semitism, uh, which uh, shows that these feelings are there, uh, whether they're suppressed, whether they're active, whether they're open, but still they're uh, there. Uh, okay, uh, let's uh, uh, start with their <coughs> models of that. The first group, I would say, that crimes inspired by Judophobia. Uh, among them are graffiti and swastika, at military and Holocaust memorials, vandalism, as I mentioned before, uh, uh, um, against synagogues, Jewish education institutions, and so on and so forth. Uh, just three examples of uh, these activities. This is a swastika at the memorial tomb in the Babi Yar. I believe uh, to this audience I should not explain what Babi Yar is. Uh, the place of uh, mass massacres uh, of Jews uh, in the Rabin near Kiev uh, 
1949 and the years of uh, the Second World War, one of the symbols of uh, Holocaust of the European Jewry. Uh, so the group of hooligans, uh, motivated by xenophobia, uh, anti-Semitic sentiments, or probably other motivations, nobody really knows, uh, found the best way to express them uh, than to write the symbol of uh, fascist Germany uh, in the memorial stone uh, in this Revan, uh, in the place where, uh, uh, according to different estimations, uh, at least uh, 120 to 130 southern Jews, and not only Jews, were killed. Uh, uh, the second example, actually, uh, uh, we would probably could uh, uh, define it as a uh, uh, anti-Jewish xenophobia or Judophobia uh, motivated by uh, religious feelings. This is the oil, you know what oil is, that means uh, uh, a, a special construction on the tomb of the, uh, the important rabbi, uh, tzaddik, uh, Hasidic tzaddik. tzaddik. Uh, this is uh, uh, oil uh, on uh, uh, the construction uh, on the tomb of uh, daughters of the Rabbi Nasma, uh, Nachman of Braslov. Rabbi Braslov, uh, mi, mi uman, you know. Uh, so, uh, quite an important figure for uh, East European Hasidic movement, for East European Hasidism. And uh, uh, the third is in Novomoskovsk, the Dnipropetrovsk area, uh, which you visited, sir, uh, uh, not long ago, and uh, that actually a Holocaust memorial in uh, Novomoskov. The three uh, elements the Holocaust memorial, uh, mm, traditional religious object, and uh, I would say uh, the modern ethnic object here. And here you see uh, the activities of, uh, in two cases, of neo-Nazi. Uh, uh, but, but here you, 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 you do not see swastikas. What you see, you see red stars, the symbols of the Soviet Union. And in Russian it is written here, uh, oops, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, and in Russian you, uh, uh, you see here, uh, uh, it's written my, that means may, uh, and work, you know, the slogans of the Soviet epoch, you know. With the slogans, people uh, were obliged or uh, uh, voluntary went uh, to the May Day demonstrations uh, of solidarity with the working people, one of the official Soviet holidays in, the, uh, in, in that times. So, uh, oops. What did they do? I did something. Something wrong? Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so you, you see here uh, three different streams of, uh, um, uh, um, of, I would say, traditional, uh, it's better to say, neo-traditional uh, Judophobia. Uh, religious, uh, uh, Soviet societal, and I would say modern neo-fascist. Uh, if you will come back to uh, what, is, uh, what I defined as the media anti-Semitism, we can see that uh, today, especially in the new forms of the social media and, uh, um, and internet, uh, uh, their space for uh, this anti-Semitic anti propaganda and assignments uh, to hostility against Jews are, is quite substantial. You see hundreds of anti-Semitic uh, and or semi-anti-Semitic publications in the printed and electronic media. Uh, just uh, um, it, it goes every year, you know, uh, annually it happens. Uh, only in 2015, that's just to, to show you uh, what the story is, uh, Russian authorities removed and how many of them they didn't, you know. Uh, uh, extremist information from uh, more than 4,500 of internet sites. They blocked 800 sites including 160, as you see, that opened for raising funds and recruitment of activities for, uh, uh, for volunteers for the terrorist organizations, including Daesh, how you say Daesh, what is good, uh, Islamic State here, yeah? uh, uh, in the middle. Uh, uh, we, we, we in Israel use their uh, uh, Arab abbreviation, Daesh, you know, Islamic State and other uh, Al-Qaeda groups and so on and so forth. So people uh, get education in, uh, in the Middle East, in Turkey, they come back, uh, uh, they uh, inject uh, their own understanding of Islam, uh, they bring uh, uh, radical Islamist ideas, they recruit supporters, 
they open uh, the user quite extensively uh, and successfully. Media assets are what we have, you know. Uh, of course, that's their top of the iceberg uh, concerning what is going on, in fact. Uh, again, media anti-Semitism, uh, uh, if we will try to realize, uh, to identify um, what are the specific elements of this media anti-Semitism. So you can see here that that's first of all, first of all promotion of public stereotypes, negative, negative public stereotypes. Uh, concerning, their, uh, concerning the Jews, for instance, uh, blaming them that they're imminently uh, not loyal uh, or uh, oriented against uh, the so-called titular population. Uh, we, we see quite oftenly uh, that, uh, that this sort of publication they attribute to Jews uh, hostile actions and dangerous attitudes toward the other nations. Uh, um, uh, quite a new phenomenon, the Holocaust revision. Uh, why it's quite new? Uh, because in the Soviet times, uh, uh, the Soviet government actually uh, was not ready to accept uh, a specific Jewish character of this tragedy. Uh, so if uh, uh, we can soar, uh, some, we could source some uh, monuments cons uh, commemorating the victims of the Second World War, uh, uh, authorities did everything in their power uh, to cover, uh, not to permit uh, the, uh, or actually to remove the fact that in fact that these uh, Soviet citizens were Jewish, you know. In the Babi Yar there was a tomb where it was written uh, hundreds of thousands of Soviet citizens are buried here, victims of the fascist occupation. Uh, but uh, they did everything in their power to, uh, uh, in order not to let people know that these Soviet citizens were actually of Jewish origin. Uh, 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 at the late of the Soviet era and in the post-Soviet era uh, there was an explosion of knowledge about the Holocaust. Uh, a lot of studies, uh, new archives became uh, opened and available, new information available, a lot of publications. So um, uh, uh, just uh, re uh, relatively recently, uh, the post-Soviet public uh, started to be acquainted with what happened uh, in the Second World War uh, in terms of the Jewish aspect of the Jewish angle uh, of this catastrophe. Uh, and uh, until recently, we didn't see their attempts to uh, 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 revise uh, their, uh, uh, what is called the, this information uh, or uh, the, the, the whole concept of the Holocaust of the Jewish uh, tragedy uh, or unique tragedy, uh, which is attributed to the Jewish people. But uh, uh, in the publications of a recent few years, uh, we can see that, you know. Um, uh, in majority of cases, uh, what is used, uh, you, uh, they use their uh, elements, the phenomenon, uh, 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 the tools uh, which is used by anti-Semitic propaganda all over the world, both in Europe and in the Middle East, uh, that uh, uh, the number of uh, victims are over-dramatized, exaggerated, uh, that in fact uh, uh, um, uh, everybody were victims, everybody has their own tragedy and not ju just Jews, you know. Uh, yeah, and so on. Um, okay. And finally, uh, uh, the denial uh, of uh, uh, a right of Israel to exist. Um, and political anti-Semitism. Uh, first of all, as I said, it's playing Jewish card in politics. Um, a, there are a few quotes from uh, our focus groups, from people who participate in our focus groups. Uh, probably uh, I don't have time to translate all of them, but uh, just believe me uh, that there are many of them quite normal people. We had, uh, I would say, reasonable people uh, that were invited to, uh, to, to these groups to discuss it. Uh, and uh, uh, we understand that, in fact, this anti-Semitic are... Uh, feelings or, or um, many researchers believe uh, uh, that they should be called not anti-Semitic but asemitic. Means uh, there's not against of Jews, in fact, but uh, as the part of their world vision, you know. Nothing personal, nothing special, you know. It's nothing personal, but uh, you know by yourself that you are like you are, you know. So, uh, 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 for instance, one of the Muslims uh, that we interviewed him uh, in Northern Caucasus, in Dagestan. When Chechnyans attacked Dagestan, uh, the, uh, the, the governor of the region came to journalists and started uh, to discuss uh, uh, the activities of Zionist centers in New York. Why Zionists? Why New York? Uh, 
I don't know, uh, uh, that they are trying to destabilize situation in different uh, points of the, uh, of the globe. And now uh, that's what exactly what happens here. Uh, okay, uh, in fact, uh, some of the, uh, despite of the fact that the Kremlin is not anti-Semitic, but the local uh, government, local authorities are quite ready to, to play this card. Um, uh, uh, now we see the anti-Semitic radical right and left movements. We have uh, 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 trying to use this Jewish card in order to blackmail political, enemy, uh, political enemies. Uh, it could be, uh, uh, b m you know, uh, blaming them that they are Jewish. And, in f and that is why they should be, you know, uh, an enemy of the people, and then uh, on the other hand, otherwise, it could be otherwise, blaming them that they are anti-Semites, and that is why they should not be expect, uh, accepted as their uh, legitimate uh, political leaders. Uh, and uh, as I said, we saw that quite extensively uh, in concern in the framework of this current uh, Russian-Ukrainian uh, Russian crisis. Uh, we have different, quite widespread, uh, we identified, uh, quite a uh, widespread uh, uh, list, uh, long list of uh, anti-Semitic stereotypes that still exist. For instance, uh, 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 many of our respondents uh, still believe that Jews rule the world. Okay, yeah. Uh, that might be so, but, uh, uh, oh, no, uh, but, but for them it's not a question. You know, they're absolutely sure that this is the case. For good and for worse, I mean, uh, uh, please understand what I, what I mean. Uh, some of them say that, okay, maybe it's a correct situation, I don't know. But uh, Jews rule the world. Uh, we ask the question whether Jewish could be head of the Russian state. That means, could the Jew, a Jew be president of the Russian Federation? Uh, uh, we expected to say yes because, or no because, but, we, we, we got much, uh, uh, researchers got uh, much more interesting, I mean, uh, explanation. Uh, uh, why are you asking this question? They say, Jews are ruling this, the uh, Jews are ruling actually ruling Russia. And the, the, that was always uh, happened. Uh, Lenin, Lenin was Jewish. Uh, all of her members of the Russian government in the Lenin times, they were either Jewish or half Jewish. Practically all of them. Lenin, is, in fact, established the state of Israel. Uh, of course, uh, Stalin helped him. Uh, uh, that's quite a young generation, uh, educated. It's in the, not in Mos Moscow, in the province, but that's what people believe uh, at the moment. Uh, Yeltsin is Jewish. Medvedev is Jewish. By the way, I also heard that Vlad Vladimir Putin is also Jewish, and he's also Masonic. Uh, so... Uh, uh, mm, uh, the second point is that Jews are, are responsible by themselves, responsible for anti-Semitism. Um, uh, Jews are always in power. Jews still insist that they are cho chosen people. That's something new. Uh, and uh, uh, let me come back to it. Let me conclude, okay? Uh, I'm not going to read from the wall. Uh, I understand that there are no uh, illiterate people in this room, so you can see the conclusion of the study. Uh, that first of all, uh, uh, decrease of state anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic violence, to my mind, uh, and to, to the mind of most of the research, it doesn't mean that, the, uh, that uh, uh, societal anti-Semitism had disappeared. Uh, we still uh, are able to identify between 8 to 10% of the population uh, who is a strong, for, a strong core uh, of feelings of the uh, anti-Jewish xenophobia. Uh, uh, we have a sort of a sleeping anti-Semitism. And uh, 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 in fact, their challenges, threats and risks uh, for the Russian Jewish population is relatively lower. But, uh, lower, but. Uh, 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 there is quite a lot of elements of societal anti-Semitism or asemitism which are inside. And in fact, very, it very much relates or, uh, or depends on the government. If the government will be interested to place this card, it might found, uh, uh, I would say, uh, a certain understanding uh, in the eyes and in the hearts uh, of the Russian population. That's probably one of the most important conclusions of this study. Thank you very much.